Victoria McDonald has been a police officer for over 12 years and has really thought about her financial future in case further police pension changes are made. As a result, she joined Shifts to Success Cohort 3 with no previous business experience and is now the founder of Quirk and Colour, an interior design company that helps busy professionals transform their home to reflect their personality and increase their happiness and well-being. Quirk and Colour also help HMO landlords, property professionals and holiday let owners transform their properties into welcoming and appealing spaces that will attract high-end tenants, achieve premium rents and minimise void periods. Within a year, Victoria has built and grown a business that is now making thousands in sales, all whilst working full-time in the police in a busy and stressful department and also juggling family at home. Now, Victoria was clinically depressed, taking medication for years, but now has graduated from shift success as a very happy business owner who has come off antidepressant medication, leading the life she wants to live. This episode was recorded in April 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, Victoria McDonald. I just feel so excited for the future now. When I was depressed and I wasn't, you know, severely depressed but I I was like you know quite middle ground moderate sometimes I just didn't even want to get out of bed in the morning it was a struggle to you know even do small things like brush your teeth or brush your hair and you know now I'm like you know leaping out of bed I get up like really early I used to be a night owl but I get up early and I make you know more hours in the day for that and yeah I, I just feel really excited and you know there's been a knock on effect for everything and all areas of my life have improved. I mean, I'm not saying life's perfect, it, it, it's not. You know, I get curveballs thrown, but I'm from my journey and how I've worked on myself and how I've worked on my business, I'm more resilient and I'm so much better equipped now to deal with whatever life throws at me. The Shifts to Success podcast a show about business, entrepreneurship, and the people who've made remarkable shifts in their lives. So, Victoria, what i like to ask at the start of these podcasts is to just ask you where you're from and what was it like for you growing up as a child? Okay, so I'm from um, Belfast and I was the eldest of uh, five children. And uh, yeah, it was a bit weird growing up in Belfast in the 80s, but um, didn't really know any different. Uh, so it was kind of just normal to me. I really liked going to school. I never skipped school, but I was always into my art and my English and my my languages. I hated science and math. I just didn't understand them. So, yeah, I had had a really happy childhood, but uh, left Belfast uh, as soon as I could, really. Awesome. Okay. Why why was that? Were just uh, new adventures or? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a big part of my life and where I came from and where I grew up, but... um, yeah, there is very definitely a big wider world out there. So when I was 19, I moved over to Manchester to go to university. And I chose Manchester because outside of London, it had the best art college. So off I trotted there. Awesome. So what did you study, <laughs> art at university? Yeah, so I did my foundation art and design, which is the course that uh, is like an induction course. And it's meant to introduce you to the different arts disciplines to kind of bridge the gap between you know the art that you did in like school and yeah just showing you basically what the options were and I was 
quite influenced by my tutors and they said my work was very graphic. So I went on and did uh, graphic design at Salford. But a combination of, I don't know why I kind of got talked into it because I, I don't like computers. I like creating things like artwork, sculptures, that kind of thing. So it's it very bizarre. But at the time, you know, you kind of just like run with things, don't you? If things make sense, like backwards. Yeah, so I wasn't that happy with doing the graphics course. And then basically I got involved in an incident and that completely changed everything and my career. Wow. Okay. So you've, you've got a bit of curious now. Yeah. What was this incident? So I was working as a wine waitress in Manchester when I was at uni and I was on the bus home down Oxford Road. And um, I think it was about two in the morning and these guys got on the bus and I was tired after my shift. So I kind of didn't make much notice and I was sitting at the front of the uh, double decker on the top and I went down the back and then we just heard this screaming and I was with my friend at the time and we turned around and there's just like this guy stabbing people and it's like oh my god it was like I'd never like I never led a very sheltered life back in Belfast and I'd never seen anything and it was like horrific and exciting and all this kind of stuff He's stabbing people and then he's going around, everyone's screaming, trying to get off the bus and he's stealing people's credit cards. And we're like, oh my God. So it just kind of like kicked in. It's adrenaline, fight or flight. I'm a fighter. I just, I don't run away. I kind of like stay there and yeah, it's same in the job really. So yeah, we got on the phone, dialed 999, went down, spoke to the bus driver, told him what happened. The police were like on scene in minutes. We jumped in the van, went like, because obviously like we'd seen him was able to follow them. There's like a trail of credit cards down like this alley and stuff. And they got the guy and then uh, we provided statements, did like ID praise, all that kind of stuff. So that really piqued my interest. And that was the first time I thought I want to do this for a living. So life, like one incident, life completely changed overnight. One minute I'm doing like graphic design. And then after that, I decided I'm going to switch and stay in Manchester to do criminology. Wow. Wow. Okay. So it, it sounds like almost like you're inspired by this excitement, you know, the adrenaline and, yeah. and really, you know, a lot of, you know, the people we bring on this podcast, they go to the police, but it sounds like the police came to you in this instance. Yeah. Yeah, it did actually. And I, I never thought of that before. Yeah. It, I mean, it's funny, like how, how life events happen and, you know, you think, you know, everything happens for a reason. I completely believe that, especially when you get older and, and you look back, but uh, yeah, it was never anything that I'd thought of doing before absolutely not and uh, yeah it just being involved in the process and the adrenaline and you know catching the bad guy and just thinking you know he, he's done all I mean luckily the guy he was all right he didn't die or anything but it was like at that moment in time I kind of like even though I wasn't involved in the job I kicked into action and did what you know I, I should do kind of but yeah it was bizarre and yeah completely like changed my life just in that instant like the path of my life so yeah amazing amazing so at this age you're thinking obviously you've changed to criminology what age do you actually join the police as a police officer so i stayed in manchester till i was 24 yeah so i was in manchester four years and then i joined when i was 26 so a couple of years after uni there wasn't a back then the recruitment was quite few and far between so yeah i had to kind of like get an opening there and then joined Northumbria as a PCSO because they weren't recruiting officers. But at that time, I decided I'd have, I'd have enough in Manchester. It was uni. It was uni days. I needed to like kind of move on and like make a distinction. So yeah, I, I wanted to go to Northumbria. Awesome. Awesome stuff. And kind of what um, roles did you do through Korea? So started off as a PCSO, then um, became a, a police officer uh, within 18 months of that. I did 
five, six years on response in Newcastle. And that was like fantastic fun. Had a really great shift, you know, learning on the job. There's quite a few like old school cops like still hanging around. But we were like kind of the, the new generation. When I joined, there was a big retirement because they'd obviously had a big recruitment campaign 30 years. And there's quite a lot of the new blood kind of coming in as such. Yes, the response and then obviously uh, transferred to a different force, went on response, then went on the investigation team. So we dealt with the people that were in custody and then transferred to the safeguarding investigation unit, which we deal with the high risk adults and children and the sexual offences. So heavy stuff, but very rewarding. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Okay. So how long have you been in the police right now then? 13 years in total. Wow. Okay. And awesome. And so when did you start thinking about business and what was your thought process there? It was a couple of years ago. I mean, when when I transferred, I kind of got a second wind and that kept me going for a while. But uh, but then I got ill. I had a lot of issues. I, I didn't know why I was ill. So that took a while to sort out. And that was very frustrating. I was off sick. It was nine years into the police, the first time I ever had to ask for a sick note. I remember, I didn't know where I got one. Did I have to pay for it? I had like no idea of the process. And yeah, I just, through the frustration of not knowing why I was ill, how seriously I was ill, um, I, I just like started thinking about life and, and what I wanted from it, which like sounds really cliched, but it does sometimes take, you know, an event to really, really make you think. And I kind of like went back and thought, you know, what do I want to do? When was I happy? I'd started thinking actually about, you know, art college and, oh, well, I went down that route, but it didn't really work out. But could I have done something different? But yeah, I, I decided that I wanted to retrain in interior design when I started to think about what I really want to do, what I was passionate about. Because I had no idea about, I had no previous business experience. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll look at what I like doing, what, you know, gives me passion, what excites me. And then I retrained as an interior designer alongside being sick, which was a bit tough, but it actually gave me something to look forward to, something to work towards. And yeah, then ended up on shifts to success. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We'll get on to that in a second. With regards to, um, you know, thinking about business, I asked this question because it's it's key. Why did you not think about just getting another job? Why not that process? I think in the police as well, you, sometimes you become fed up being a number, being, you know, stiff by the red tape. And when you have an idea that you think will work better, and it, it's just basically shot down. And yeah, I, I didn't want to go and work for someone else and, and be told what to do. Yeah, that, that's it, basically. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Awesome. And you have a very inspiring story as well, because you were actually clinically depressed as a police officer. And, you know, when did you first get clinically diagnosed with this? So I joined the job when I was 26. And up until then, I'd had no experience with mental health. I went through, obviously, like probation and everything. And I think, you know, a lot of police officers are depressed. And I think if you don't have mental health, issues when you start you will do at some point or by the end and you know it it affects everybody differently but for me about three years ago when I got ill and yeah it's weird because you you fight it at the start and you don't really know what's happening now you know when you get into it a bit more you start to learn about your triggers and what upsets you and and what to look out for but yeah it's it's kind of like came out of nowhere because I think it, it builds up and there's, there's a stigma in society, but there's very much a stigma in the job, which is improving. 
and you know there's help and, and, and support out there and I've, I've gone to counseling I went on medication which I fought off for a long time but I thought you know if I had a broken arm or you know something else I would you know take medicine to get that fixed so let's give it a go and and, and see and it, it did I went on to Talapram and that that really helped just reset like the brain chemicals um, and but I did that alongside the counseling yeah just to you know get to the bottom of it because I didn't really understand why why I was depressed I just knew that I was so yeah and you know I'm I'm off the medication now I have been for five six months I'm feeling really good and you know I'm still like aware that it might return but yeah feeling really good and positive at the minute amazing stuff and it's amazing so at this point you know you as a clinically depressed police officer yeah you then stumble I mean how did you find shift success how did you find me how did you find the team somebody at work kind of like just invited me into this group and I was like oh great another Facebook group (laughs) (laughs) but I was lurking there for a while and I remember just thinking oh here hang on this is this is running alongside what I'm already thinking of yeah so I was just looking at what people posted and you know the inspiring stories and I thought well you know maybe you know other people are doing it you know maybe I can too and then something at work really annoyed me and I went, right, that's it. And I, I booked onto the Shift Success Quick Start Day. That was January 2019. And yeah, I bought that as my Christmas present to myself. <laughs> and uh, went along and have not looked back. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. You haven't looked back at no. all. So great. So for those who, you know, let's say if I was going to meet you in a bar, a cocktail bar, because I love cocktails, how would you introduce them? <laughs> how would you tell me what you do? Okay, so I'd say I'm Victoria McDonald. I'm the owner and founder of Quirk and Colour Interiors. We're an interior design company based in Brighton, and we help busy professionals to transform their homes to reflect their personality and to increase their happiness and well-being. Wow, amazing, amazing stuff. Tell me more, you know, with regards to your customers' problems, what kind of problems they typically go through? So when I did my research as part of the course and I kind of knew what my target customer problem would be, but it's good to do the research. And there was a few surprising answers, actually, which is really useful. But it's the fact that they're busy. They don't have the time. They don't know where to start, so they don't. And they're scared of using colour. Those are the top three problems that my clients have. And how do you solve those problems? How do you live that? Let's say if I was a, a customer of yours, how would you take me through your process? So we'd have a, a consultation, first of all, because I believe and, you know, I said we help busy professionals to transform their home to reflect their personality. And that's where I start. I really get to know my customers. I want their house to reflect them um, so that they're not just living in, you know, some fancy interior, which looks great, but they don't have an emotional connection with. You know, your home's your sanctuary. It's your safe space. It's like, you know, especially like at the minute with all that's going on, you know, you go and I want people to feel happy at home so that their design or what they have in their house helps, you know, their well-being. And this is something that that I have done and I I know works for me, you know, through my depression. I, you know, I changed the wall color in my house because I am big into my color psychology. And when I was studying it, you know, grey is like, especially light grey is a really draining, depressing color. So I'm sitting in my living room looking at this light gray and I'm absorbing it and it's not doing anything it's probably being quite harmful so that's why I have bright orange walls now 
because that's like a really positive, happy, energetic color. And just by changing the wall color in my house, in the room that I'm most in, I can feel the benefit of that. So I can help other people to educate them and do that for them as well. I'm in my office at the minute and um, I've got a gray wall. So it looks like I'm going to be changing that soon to something like orange. <laughs> Um, with regards to, I, I want to talk more about psychology of color because it's, you yeah. know, I didn't know about it at all. You know, I like the color purple, you know, what would that, is that quite a, a luxurious feel? That's the kind of emotion I get from it. But what would you say? Yeah, that's the thing. You said that that's the, you know, the emotion that you get from it. A lot of people think that color is just visual, but it really goes beyond that. And, you know, it's actually quite scientific. I said at the start, I hear the science, but I like, I really bought into it. So purple, it is, it's a luxurious color. It is symbolizes uh, royalty. It's also very creative. And, you know, with purple, you get the warmth of the red, but you get the nice properties of blue. So yeah, it's a really nice, luxurious color. Very creative as well. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. With regards to your target customer, what yeah. kind of other problems? I mean, if they're depressed themselves and they are sitting in the house, like you said, and they do change their interior design, mm-hmm. um, it could be a business owner if they're working from Zoom right now, you know, they've got their backgrounds and a lot of them aren't looking great. Can that like elevate not only people's moods from depression to, you know, more of a happier state, but also actually elevate their brand if they have you know, a better background at home and if they're working from home now, because I think there's going to be a bit of an entrepreneurial boom and a lot of those businesses are going to be virtual businesses, remote businesses. So I'm thinking, you know, for yourself, I mean, I know you've mentioned this to me before, but you actually can change someone's brand in terms of their color if they're working from home and they're having virtual meetings, right? Yeah, definitely. Everybody's going on video and I'm doing a lot of videos at the minute. And because obviously my interest is interior design, I literally analyze people's backgrounds because that's going to tell me who they are, what they like. And it's all these non-visual cues that you can pick up. So if you're doing business, I think you really need to pay attention to your background. And, you know, is it damaging your brand? Or could you use that and elevate it? And at the minute, I'm concentrating a lot on home offices so that people are happier working from home. But also a lot of people are using those office offices for their video calls. And yeah, I think this is actually how you can stand out and get ahead because a lot of business previously was meeting face to face because people buy from people. People want to buy into people and know more about them. And you can't do that so much anymore. So people are now really looking at the background, what you've got there, like to the point where people are reading books off people's bookcases. And I've seen like so many newspaper articles about, because all the interviews now on TV, on the news, they're done. And um, they're literally analysing and critiquing and judging people like MPs, there was a whole article on what MPs have in their background and, you know, can they relate to normal people because they've got this, that and the other. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. People are watching and consuming. They're tuning into it a bit more. And I think now people are, are really starting to realise how they can actually project the best image of themselves that they can. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. So you, it's fair to say you had no business experience before joining Shift Success um, whatsoever. And now you're making, you know, two and a half thousand pounds worth of sales for, you know, each sale. How does that make you feel? In fact, before I go on to that, explain to me what that first sale 
meant for you? What was that? How did that feel for someone listening who's in the job right now, maybe the NHS or the police, they've got no business experience. And in such a short amount of time, you've built a business and now making sales in the thousands. Yeah. Oh, you know, I joined it and I, I did have confidence in myself, but I had no business and, and thought of making sales. I'm one of these people that I could sell for other people. But when it comes to me, you know, I get imposter syndrome. I get like my confidence. I know my stuff, but it literally all goes out the window. And I just think, oh, oh, I can't do it. You know, why would somebody buy from me? Or, oh, yeah. So I only started Shift Success properly in April 2019 and, you know, built the business up, the, the branding, followed the process. And then it was only at the start of this year that I really like thought, right, okay, everything's done. You don't have an excuse anymore. You got to, you know, put your big girl pants on, start getting sales because that's what business is, whether you like it or not. It's lovely having like a great brand and everything, but it's pointless unless you then put in the work getting the sales. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd been testing the water. I had thought I'd, I'd got like a really big sale and then it fell through. So the confidence is bit. But yeah, then someone actually got in touch with me and uh, we chatted, et cetera. And then they were on board quite quickly. And it was because, you know, they'd looked at my social media. They'd looked at the videos that I'd done. They almost felt that they knew me a bit. So by making my content, you know, I, I'd already like got a head start. So yeah, when I came off the phone, I was, oh, I was literally, I was shaking. I was so excited. The adrenaline was pumping. I was like, oh my God, I've got to tell Alex. I've got to tell Alex. He's got to be the first person that I tell. And it was just, it was surreal, but it was just, because it's hard, it's hard work. You know, I, I put the hard work in, hand on heart, I did. And I thought, I deserve this. And it was a massive, I'm actually getting quite emotional talking about it. Yeah, it was a massive confidence boost. And it was, I was like, okay, I can do this. You did. And uh, it was very emotional for me, you know, when, when you told me that. But then soon after, you actually got your second sale straight yeah, after, right? two in a week, like <laughs> <Yeah>. buses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Um, it is. And it's testament to yourself because, you know, in your first you know, opportunity, you got that rejection. And I think that says a lot about yourself, Victoria. You know, you've, you know, you've been clinically depressed and you fought through that. You fought through your own trials and tribulations personally, and you yeah. you fought to get that first sale. And now you're on this snowball effect where you have customers. So it's testament to your hard work. And you should be extremely, extremely proud of yourself. Thank um, you. With regards to your skill set, you know what kind of skill sets do you believe you, as a police officer, have transferred into being your own boss as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think as police officers, or I'm sure like anybody else in any of the emergency services, we do not value the the skills that we have, the skills that we've built up, you know, for me over 13 years. We just don't value them because we don't think anybody else does. And, you know, if you were to write them down on paper, you'd struggle. But I think the resilience and the problem solving, I think they're the top two. The resilience, you know, to get the knockback in the first seal to then... You know, I, I went and then spoke to James White all through that, who was like amazingly helpful, you know, one of the mentors in Shift Success. And then I thought, well, if that didn't work, well, maybe we can tweak it a little bit. And that's what I did. I tweaked it a little bit and then took that into the next sale. And that's then the, the one that uh, the one that I got my first sale. So, yeah, problem solving, because that's what business is about, solving people's problems, offering them a solution that they, when they can't see the wood from the trees, you come along and say, you know, give them a fresh perspective. And we do that day in, day out as police officers. And we don't even realize that. 
With regards to your mindset differences that you've now experienced being in business from being a police officer, what kind of mindset differences have you noticed in yourself? Oh, my mindset has changed completely. I used to be (laughs) so negative, so cynical, so moaning. And it got to the point where it's like, I'm bored of this now. I'm bored of listening to myself. And it's hard when you're stuck in that rut. But, you know, you, you have a choice. But you have to be the one to make that choice. You know, do I, do I want to keep, you know, moaning every day or do I want to do something about it? And um, yeah, my mindset, I have massively worked on that and it has helped me in my personal life and in work life too, because now I've improved my mindset and I can, you know, look for the positives. I don't want to see the negatives and that's helped me cope a lot better at work as well. And that's come a lot from being on, on the process and having the accountability and everything but uh, from reading books I mean I, I love reading but I always used to say oh I'm tired after work I don't have time or there's always something I'd rather do but yeah now I've read about 25 I think books a mix of mindset books a mix of business books and a mix of interior design books and you know when you're putting positive information into your head the negative stuff just you know goes away there, there's no space for it mm. No, it's powerful. It is powerful. It's amazing. And, you know, you have took that by, you know, full straight ahead. You've actually developed your mindset. And I can remember, you know, first speaking to you, mm-hmm. you were very straight into the, the the books. And, you know, it's how I started, right? It's about our mindset first and then everything else follows. With regards to your journey so far, what's been kind of, you know, just name one highlight that's really stood out for you. Well, one of the things that kept me in the job was, uh, you know, the police family. and you know, that feeling of like, these are people that understand you, you know, nobody else, like, if you're not in the job, you don't understand. But, you know, joining the course and thinking, well, you know, uh, there might be a life outside work. I've met like amazing, amazing people, like friends for life. Everybody's so positive, so helpful. And that's, that's very different to, you know, the job sometimes when people will use you to get promoted or something like that. There's nothing like that everybody's super helpful even if they're doing you know the same thing there's yes there's friendly competition which is good because it helps you achieve what you want to do and it helps you push yourself but nobody hand and heart has been nasty or or derogatory or yeah it's just a really positive environment and that is crucial to then everybody being able to achieve what they have and you know watching my friends in the course get their wins, get their sales. And it's you're as happy for them as you are for you and vice versa. And it's it's just been been really brilliant. It's been life-changing. I don't want to trot out loads of cliches, but it really has. How did it make you feel that you now get to work on something that you own, your passions, you know, knowing that you've built this from your own hard work and it's yeah. your it's your, you know, business baby. How does that make you feel about you know the future that you have ahead now? I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> um, oh, I just feel so excited for the future now. When I was depressed, and I wasn't, you know, severely depressed, but I, I was like, you know, quite middle ground moderate. Sometimes I just didn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. It was a struggle to, you know, even do small things like brush your teeth or brush your hair. And, you know, now I'm like, you know, leaping out of bed. I get up like really early. I used to be a night owl, but I get up early and I make, you know, more hours in the day for that. And yeah, I I just feel really excited. And, you know, there's been a knock on effect 
for everything and all areas of my life have improved. I mean, I'm not saying life's perfect because it, it's not. You know, I get curveballs thrown, but I'm from my journey and how I've worked on myself and how I've worked on my business, I'm more resilient and I'm so much better equipped now to deal with whatever life throws at me. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> what do you see your vision for Quirk and Colour? You know, where do you want to take it from a business perspective? Well, the world's my oyster now, really. I, obviously, my interior design is my passion, helping people to transform their lives and their homes. And also, I really enjoy visually working on their designs, but it is the helping people. And that's why a lot of us join the job or, or join, you know, the caring emergency services because we want to help people. And, and we still can, just, just in different ways. But yeah, when I started the course, I kind of was like, oh, you know, I'll be an interior designer. Now, working through it and, you know, having it bouncing ideas off people. I want online courses, potentially workshops where people come along in person and uh, we go through the interior design principles and then we do more uh, hands-on making mood boards, uh, things like that. And I want to have a product range as well. At the minute, because I've always done arts and crafts um, over the years, I have started my product line. So I've got candles and hand washes. So things that, you know, are a bit of luxury and a bit you know, accessories for your home. Next up, I hope, is, you know, wallpapers, cushions, duvet covers, just everything. So quirk and colour into as many houses globally as we can. Oh, amazing. That's absolutely inspiring. Victoria, I'd like to end with this question for those who, who join our podcast, but what does entrepreneurship mean to you? I think most people think it means freedom, but it just means so much more than that. It just you're in control of your life but you're in control of what you do and you know you, you can go off on tangents but you know still sit within your ethics and everything it just means that you can create the life that you want you know there, there's no restrictions like I said you know the world is your oyster you, you can do whatever you want and it's given me the confidence to realize that because when you look at some people you know some famous people about the things that they're creating the things that they're doing well, everybody can be like that. You know, it's not exclusive. You don't have to have loads of money to be able to, to achieve what you want to do. And, you know, I'm now thinking of things, you know, globally getting into shops, into people's houses and stuff, that I wouldn't have had the confidence or even the foresight to think of back in the day. So it's a brilliant word. I, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable thinking of myself as an entrepreneur as yet, but I'm definitely on that road. and you know, it can just improve your whole life. Victoria McDonald, founder of Quirk and Colour. Now, you can connect with Victoria on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, as well as her website at quirkandcolour.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.